I, first of all, this is the monthly podcast. However, if you want to see me sitting here, you want to see my gray hairs, I ain't got on makeup. Um, if you, if you're more of a visual creature, kind of like I am, just want to let you know that this episode is available in a video version. If you go to the VIP, uh, podcast section, the VIP pod page, then in the write-up about this particular piece, you'll see the link to the YouTube video as well. So if you want to see me sit here and talk to you, just like you can listen to me, then that's totally fine. Um, today we, it, we're in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. We are in the middle of the COVID-19 crisis. And um, it's been such an interesting time for a lot of blended families. In the midst of us being quarantined, my family and I are in Dallas, Texas. We have my stepkids right now. And um, it's, it's been interesting. It's, it's been really interesting. As you all know, as stepmoms, some of us are custodial. Some of us are non-custodial. Some of us have never even laid eyes on our man's kids. But I consider you a stepmom non-list, especially if you are experiencing the brunt of emotions that comes along with this this job. So um, I do want to hear back from you all. Just where are you in your quarantine? What is your family doing? Are you being alienated? Can you talk to the kids? Um, how are you supporting your man? You know, I'm your support, but how are you supporting him during this time? Uh, maybe you are custodial and you don't see a change at all. Uh, you, you know, there's just so many different situations that we're all facing. And so I, I would love to hear on what the heck is going on with you guys and, and how are you doing? So you all know that in my opinion, in my humble expert opinion, <laughs> there's three reasons why women like us feel pain and frustration. The first being a high conflict biological mother, which I write a lot about, I talk a lot about, that has been one of my key mountains to overcome. I, I have overcome that though. And by the way, just because another person has not changed, that does not mean that they no longer get to be your mountain. You can go around their ass. If you got a stick of dynamite, you can blow their asses up, okay? So um, the first one being a high-conflict biological mother. The next reason for stepmom pain is a troubled stepchild or a kid that's having trouble balancing. And then the last but certainly not least is a man that does not know how to set proper boundaries between you and them, and he's making it a you and them. Well, all three of those, in my opinion, are equally as hellish, depending on your level of it. And I know a lot of us want to feel like, oh my God, like it's hardest for me because, because I'm dealing with it. Like, listen, if you are at the point to where you are taking another woman's argument and minimizing it, <clears throat> that means I haven't done my job because... <sighs> None of us have it any better or any worse than the other. It's just different. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about an email that I sent out the other day. And it's especially important during this time when we all have the time to sit and reflect on what's happening in our lives and all that other good stuff. So I'm just going to read it and then I'm going to talk about it. 
It says, during this quarantine, I've been able to make some pretty interesting observations about myself. The beginning of March kicked my you-know-what. To be real, Tony and I face a loss that I'm just, I'm not ready to go into detail with talking about at the beginning of March. To be honest, you all are my tribe. Y'all are my people. So I can tell you that. But um, immediately that same weekend, um, I, he had an obligation to be with his children. It was the end of their spring break. And so at first I wasn't going to go. I just wanted to kind of be in New York and sit by myself and have some time to mourn and eat ice cream and watch TV and cry. And I was like, you know what? Mm, something just told me, now you get your ass up, pack a bag, go with your husband. And so he was happy. I told him, I was like, Hey, I'm going to join you. I want to come hang out too. So he and I both flew to Dallas. We got here that Thursday at the top of March. Got, got here that Thursday, that second weekend. I'm sorry. And we even did a family photo shoot. Like we went and bought clothes, got dressed up. It was fun. Like everybody was so excited. Everybody participated. Like it was an amazing moment for my family. And literally a few hours after we had finished our shoot, we got the word that the world was closed. The world was closed and that we, um, that a quarantine was happening. And of course, New York City, which is where the first uh, cases of COVID-19 uh, that were reported in the United States, you know, just so happened. Like, that's where we damn live. So we could not get back. We, our, our flight was canceled. We didn't cancel our flight. It was canceled for us. Um, the airline gave us a credit. So you know what? My husband had a discussion with the other household, the other parent, and they surprisingly agreed. So from then to all the way up until today, uh, a month and a half or so, seven weeks later, six weeks later, we're still here. We rented out an Airbnb. We have a rental car. We're still paying child support. Yeah. So that's, um, that's a whole nother podcast topic probably. But, um, to make a long story short, I only bought three pairs of underwear and seven weeks later, I'm still here. So needless to say, we have spent, um, some unexpected time and a whole bunch of unexpected money on the, on the other hand though, this time here has been priceless because it's just yet another opportunity for us to, you know, break down some barriers and get to know one another. And we've had some barriers to be broken for sure. For those of you that follow me on any of my other social pages, then you probably know that we had um, an issue, you know, like uh, my stepdaughters, they're girls. They know that I can do hair and their hair needed to be done. And we've had hair battles before. And so this time I told my husband, I was like, listen, little girls cannot be walking around with Miss Naja with their hair not done. Especially if I'm over here looking good and pristine and theirs is not, that's not a good reflection on you, them, or me. And so he had a conversation with his co-parent and they were like, well, okay, yeah. And before it was literally all out war when it came to me touching the baby's hair. And the kids loved it. And the rest is history, you know, so some major barriers are have this, this, this whole thing has caused some barriers to be broken. And my husband has not been denied time. Thank God. I do understand though, that this is not the case for everybody. And trust me, I know for those of you that are being held away, I know 
exactly the frustration that you feel because you have heard some of my posts on where, you know, we have had years of no contact, not, not by choice. So uh, no matter where you are, trust me, I understand. So I'm going to keep reading. <laughs> so it says, boom, while in Texas, the world was shut down. Our home, New York City, became the pandemic capital and we are still here. Tony, me, and my stepkids have been quarantined together in this Airbnb, and it's been awesome. Not because things are perfect, because, but because we've been able to make a lot of blending progress, even in the tough times. So here comes my confession. Confession time. When I am stepmothering all day, I feel like I have nothing left for my husband when the day is done. Stepmothering is like living in anxiety land with occasional opportunities to feel normal. Sometimes, for me, stepmothering is the opposite of normal. Even us most unbothered stepmoms feel, still feel the pangs of discomfort from time to time. We've just learned how to kind of lean into each moment and not force moments. So, uh, back to my confession. I give my energy to my family. However, I recognize that both of my stepkids' parents might not share an equal desire for me to be impactful, influential, and lovingly invited into their lives. This kind of makes my sacrifice feel like a waste of my damn time. It forces me to want to detach when I feel myself getting too close to them. As a means of protecting my own heart, I find myself reminding myself that when they go back to their other home, I'm just going to be a distant memory. So these are all called cognitive distortions. A cognitive distortion is an exaggerated or irrational thought pattern influenced by depression or anxiety. And remember, I said for me, sometimes being a stepmom feels like living in anxiety land. Cognitive distortions are simply ways that our mind convinces us of something that isn't really true. These inaccurate thoughts are usually used to reinforce negative thinking or emotions, telling ourselves things that sound rational and accurate, but really only serve to keep us feeling bad about ourselves. So you see, ladies, in this moment, my brain is trying to help and protect me by creating scenarios that will hinder me from having positive expectations only to later face disappointment. You know how when you see fire now at this point, because of all of your experiences in life, you know, it's hot. So your brain automatically tells you when you see fire, don't go near it in, in order to protect you. But we also use fire to cook. We use a hot water heater, which uses fire to heat our homes, so it has some good uses. Um, automatically though, when we see fire, we're triggered to know, all right, it's hot, it's gonna harm us. But not all fire does that. And uh, you know, so the brain is, uh, these things, these cognitive distortions that my own mind will do to keep me from not enjoying a hug with my stepson. My mind is, t is trying to protect me from future disappointment and heartbreak by saying, don't enjoy the hug. He's not going to remember this. You're just not a big deal in his life. Like, it's not okay, though. That is not okay. It is a cognitive distortion. And these are the things that keep us from being happy. And like I said earlier, leaning into moments. So back to what I wrote. So it says, this actually sucks because there's no way for me, my husband, or anyone else in my stepkids' family to predict how 
the impact and investment I am putting into these kids will affect our future relationship. What if we ladies could train our brains to consider the best case scenario? What if we could silence our cognitive distortions before they take root in our minds and wreak havoc on our happiness and our relationships? As it relates to cognitive distortions, and this is one of the first lessons that I started to teach when I got into my educator portion of what I do here with VIP Stepmom, is um, there's a whole worksheet. And of course, I'm going to um, I'm going to give you the link to the worksheet. It's You can download it. It's also a course that I've created here in the VIP Stepmom pattern on how, uh, because I want you to recognize your own cognitive distortions. I just gave you all some examples of mine. For example, if we're embracing a hug, something in my mind literally makes me detach because I don't want this to become an expectation because I know it's not going to be there. What if I could just enjoy the moment? and say, this baby's going to remember that I made him feel loved forever? Or what if he doesn't remember? And just in this moment, so that I'm not one of the ones that when he's sitting on his therapist's couch, Ms. Naja's name is only uh, on the good side of that. You know, <laughs> you know, even if I'm just creating and implanting good memories in him, then that's something that, uh, you know, I want you all to focus on. Anxiety comes from the ability, from us not being able to control what's going to happen in the future. But guess what? No one can. Those of us that suffer from anxiety, which by the way, I think 18 million Americans suffer from it. And y'all know I came up with something called stepmom onset anxiety, which is also another episode of a podcast that I go into deep detail about. If you want to go and check that one out, that also out also stepmom onset anxiety. Look that one up too. Um, you know, a lot of us start to feel the pains and, and the symptoms of anxiety because we're in this new situation or we're experiencing new emotions or we don't know how to place our frustrations. And so I would encourage you to listen to that podcast and take the cognitive distortions course. So some of the cognitive distortions that um, and there's 12 or 13 different types of cognitive distortions what I want you all to focus on, because I'm about learning here. Like this is, this is a teaching podcast because this is quarantine. Y'all got time. You ain't going nowhere. Heck. So um, what I did, for example, and in one of the 13, I think there's 12 or 13 cognitive distortions. One of them is disqualifying the positive. So as you can see, what I did when I tried to detach, I disqualified something that could very well have been a beautiful memory implanted in someone else, but I needed in my own mind to make it negative. So I encourage you all to develop a stop word. My stop word is girl by Literally, that's my stop word. It also became the title of my Amazon bestseller workbook and journal. But girl, bye. I do that to, I say that to myself to be like, to, to let myself know, nausea, you are really acting up, sis. You need to calm this mess down. What you're telling yourself is probably not true because things always work out in your good and for your good because you are a good person and you can't constantly put love out here into the world and think it's going to be reciprocated with hate. Love drowns out hate every time. And I might not, and I, one thing I understand is I might not be able to see the effects of the love that I'm giving away in my own lifetime, but when they themselves, they might become step parents and they're going to remember what Miss Naja implanted into them and their stepkids could benefit from that love that I planted the seed of and go on and create some sort of 
cure for step families. <laughs> you know, so love begets love begets love and hate does the same thing. And so I choose to, to spread love. And so when I disqualify the positive, then I understand that I am disqualifying the ability to do something that is one of my main missions, which is to spread love. And so when I use my stop word, my stop word is girl by, you know, when I'm in the middle of that embrace and I see, I can visualize, yeah, I have such an active imagination. I can literally visualize something bad happening. So I have to stop my mind from, from thinking that, and I have to stop it from creating these mental pictures. So, yeah, this is something I highly, highly suggest that you do. Um, I'm going to just go, and, and of course, you can go and look look all this stuff up. You know, I suggest you take the course because in the course, there's a video, there's a worksheet for you to fill out your own cognitive distortion. And then um, there's a process called restructuring. Restructuring a cognitive distortion is when you actually are doing what I just told you I'm doing. I'm using my stop word and I'm changing that thought pattern because your cognitive distortions, they're, they're unhealthy thought patterns. So when we restructure, we rebuild it into something that is positive. So I just took you through one of my methods of restructuring. I use my stop word. I cut out that ugly mental picture that's literally, I can visualize in my head as I speak and I make it something positive and beautiful. I restructure it and rebuild it into something that I want. Um, another one is, and I always have trouble saying this word, is catastrophizing. Catastrophizing. That means to, you know, when you think something is catastrophic, it's blown up. It's like, oh my God, this building is blown to smithereens or everybody's going to die, you know, something like that. Catastrophizing is such a dangerous thing because we catastrophize stuff because we've seen it happen before. Like, for example, you know that if you, uh, I'm trying to think of an example, uh, um, if you do your stepkids' hair, if you've done your stepdaughter's hair before, let's just say she, her braids need to be redone or she came home with, she came to your place with lice and you went to Walmart and you got all the stuff to fix her hair. But then when she got back home, you got blamed for her hair coming out or some sort of damage that is not there because you were very careful, but it's there. So now you're like, I'm never doing that child's hair again because every time I do it, it just blows up in my face and it's so awful and I get called a bad guy. Nah, mm -mm. I don't want you to look at, I don't want you to say never. When you say never, I'm never doing that again. You're literally making this thing bigger than the moment that it has to live in you know your opportunity to connect with this child to help this child to, to take care of them um was turned into something ugly not because you messed up but probably just because the other parent felt like you impeded on an area that was theirs and theirs alone or they felt like you were pointing out something that they did not do you made them feel smaller so they in turn made you seem like the bad guy, like you are being harmful. And so as opposed to looking at what your actions were and your intentions were and looking at the other person's reaction, um, that's giving them a lot of power. I wouldn't give anybody that much power to say, oh, I'm, oh, you know, I'm never going to do this kid's hair again. I'm never like that is catastrophizing. God darn it. Catastrophizing. Okay. Y'all know what I'm talking about. 
you know what I'm talking about. Um, I know I said I wasn't going to do that many, but um, let me think of one more. Okay. Personalization. Personalization is one that you're guilty of for sure. (laughs) You're definitely guilty of it. So personalization is a cognitive distortion where we consistently take the blame for absolutely everything that goes wrong with our lives. Whenever anything doesn't work out as we expect it, we immediately take the blame for the misfortune. Irrelevant of whether or not we're responsible for the outcome. Taking responsibility for our life and circumstances is, of course, admirable, but at the same time, completely unhelpful if we end up feeling like the victim of circumstance. So for us, for us stepmoms, personalization means you're becoming the stepmom martyr. You're becoming the, your house, your family's martyr. Something didn't work out. And you know what? You're just going to go without. Or me, you know what? you just go off with your kids and I'm just going to stay over here. Like you're literally making yourself a martyr for something that ain't got nothing to do with your bottom line. And this is where I tell you, I encourage women in our position. You got to first give the most dams about yourself and what affects your household and your household. Everything else that's outside of it is not your main concern, but by taking the blame for everything that happens wrong, in your family, a family that was ready-made. You walked into the situation. These people were already who they are and how they are before you got here. You didn't create this. You're literally just trying to nestle down and create a place for yourself um, in a family that might not welcome you. They might not really want you there. Some people accept you. Some people don't. And so it's really easy to take things personal when you're in the position that you are in, stepmom, because You feel like they're rejecting you when they're not. Girl, they are rejecting uh, tradition that does not exist anymore. They're rejecting what you represent. They ain't rejecting you. Ain't nobody rejected Naja Hall because I promise you they don't know me. They don't know me to reject me because if they knew me, they'd love me. I almost called the thug out. You know, as a stepmom, you kind of got to be... You kind of got to have like a little bit of thug in you though. You know, I see the the 70% second marriage failure rate. I don't know if those women were thuggish enough. You know, because I, I could I could have chosen to be a pansy and been a martyr. But when I put on my big girl stilettos and stood up and I showed my power and my strength, that fortified my husband. And when I let the kids know that I was not ashamed to love them or say, even say it and I wasn't getting it back. Um, that made me feel like a place that at first I felt like I wasn't welcome. You'd be surprised how if you come sit your big ass between two people and you make room for yourself, you'll see how they're going to scoot over. So that's exactly what I had to do. I had to nestle down and be like, okay, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I'm here. I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. So how is this going to work out? What are we going to do? You want a barbecue or you want a mildew, honey? That's what we say in Memphis. <laughs> I chose to barbecue. I chose to move on with it. I chose to not sit there. Y'all know mildew. I don't have to explain. Oh, God, I don't have to explain what that means to y'all. But, um, you know, this is where being firm and being bold is going to help you in the long run. 
so yeah, that's my thing on cognitive distortions. I want you all to take the course. I, I, I talk so much again about distortions because this is what keeps you up at night. This is what makes you look over at him when you guys are laying in bed. Like, did I make the wrong decision? Have I screwed up my life? Like this, the, the cognitive distortions, if you allow them to stay in your mind and take root, they're going to plant seeds. It's going to spread and it's going to grow. It's going to sprout. And then you won't be able to control it. So have yourself a stop word. I don't care what your stop word is. You have to be able to recognize the 11 or 12 or 13. Like I forget how many of the distortions they are. You got to, the reason I want you to do the worksheet and take the course is because it's going to show you what your common methodology is. Some of you might label, some of you might use personalization some of you might catastrophize like you know i want you to recognize which one of these are your habit because that's the best way you're going to break your habit you got to break your habit by first recognizing it calling it out giving it a name and then restructuring it and on the worksheet there is a on in the course worksheet there is an entire restructuring um piece in there so it kind of shows you how to do it so i I'm going to sign out now because it looks like I have unintentionally, you thought you were coming just to listen to a little podcast, but I just have given you homework. My clients know I'm so good for that. <laughs> so I've just given you all homework. So I'm going to shut up and I'm going to let you get over to that course. All right. This is Miss Naja signing out. And uh, thank you so much for being a part of the VIP Stepmom community. I value you. You don't know how much I appreciate you because you make me feel valued. Like all of this ain't for nothing. So take care of yourselves out there, ladies. And uh, I pray for your families, just like you pray for mine. VIP, 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 VIP stepmoms, that's you and me.